0: Take it from the top. One, two. My mic sound nice. Check one. My mic sound nice. Check two. My mic sound nice. Check three. Are you ready to rock your? Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of Nikki Hots Podcast. I am your girl, A. Nicole, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in another episode with me another week. Um, if you are a new listener, a special welcome to you. And I'd like to remind you all to rate, review, help subscribe, and also tell someone just how dope you think this podcast is, right? So, funny story really quick. Um, I went to Ross, right? I went there to get Kingston some joggers. Jo- uh, Kingston, uh, he's like a really like quirky kid when it comes to his clothes, um, particularly his his pants. Um, he likes roomy things, and like he's not a jean person. He's never been a jean person, um, and he was like that kid. Like, when he was coming, transitioning from the pull-ups to the little briefs, the little underwear. And, like, I couldn't wait because I was like, you know, Kingston, we're going to get go, Diego, go. And we're going to do cards. And we're going to have little Lightning McQueen joints. Like, I was staking out the briefs and shit that I was going to buy for him when we got the uh, potty train shit down pat. And he told me, he looked me in my face when it was that time. And he was like, Mommy, um, I need big boy underwear so my balls can breathe. And first I was like, oh, ooh. oh, okay. So we, we graduated straight to the boxers. cool beans. but, um, so he loves, he loves sweatpants and he loves joggers. So anyway, it was these two guys there. Um, one of them had on a Mexico shirt. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's where they were from. I don't know. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but they were there. And, like, they have the whole men's section on, not men's section, the boys' section on lock, like, the size 14. Kingston is 11. Um, And even though he's 11, he wears a size 14 in clothes, which is comparable to a 14-year-old because Kingston is very tall. So, like, these two guys are just congregating around the rack. And I'm trying to be, you know, respectful, respectful. And I'm standing to the side, going through my phone, but, you know, still glancing up at them. Like, you know, somebody in line to look at the rack. And they got clothes all over the rack and stuff like that. And I'm just like, can they buy their clothes for their kids and get the hell on? Then one of them starts to try on the joggers. And I was like, I know. I, I said it. I know y'all fucking asses ain't over here in this kid section buying kid fucking clothes. I know y'all raggedy asses ain't over here doing this shit when y'all got a whole men's section over there, and I gotta get stuff for my son. So excuse me, and I start snatching the damn joggers off the rack and off their shoulder. If you can excuse me, so I can come and get some shit for my goddamn eleven-year-old kid, and y'all need to direct y'all asses over to that men's section. And you might just want to stay in small. Please, I thank you. <sighs> what is this? Oh, what the fuck, this on me? <sighs> that just that killed me for the day. I was like, I have never seen no shit like this before in my life. Y'all over here trying on children's clothes. Children stealing from the babies. I cannot. But, you know, I guess, you know, the Puma shit and the Adidas shit is a lot cheaper for churn than it is for the men. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, I shop at Ross you know, I'm a little cheapskate, whatever. So, I get it. You know, we all got our own vices and shit like that. So, um, <laughs> that's my funny story for the week. I always try to give y'all one. But, um, anyway... Moving forward, uh, I am on the move with a lot of new projects. Uh, You all know that I have the Women's Expo, the All-Inclusive Women's Expo for my sisters in D.C. on January the 5th. We're going to have a panel, a raw panel. We, like, nothing is, no, no topic is untouched. Whatever y'all want to talk about them, I'll have it set up. Like a living room scene um, on the stage, you guys going to come up um, sit on the couch, be on rap, like all of that. So tickets for that, um, is available on my website, com. Um, I also have my Queens Power trip in Jamaica. It's eight days, four cities, eight excursions, um, spa day, workshops. Um, oh my gosh, it's so much shit. Parties, um exploration all types of things um we're gonna do a moon ritual just just go on my website www.cole and that's anicholein c.com um, my pre-sale sold out my early bird sold out but I still have my general um my general admission um for the deposit and you can break them down into payments so you can pay as you go um, we have installments and things like that, so go head over and um, check that out. I am so 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 excited. I'm also working on a a panel discussion um, between black men and women, and we're gonna talk about just shit that goes on in our community, things that goes on between us. Like, what is? I just want us to bridge that that gap. That, you know, where the black man is hurting, the black woman is hurting. Maybe I got some some questions for the black men. Maybe they got questions for us. You know, all of that. So I'm working on that. I will put out more information with that. As time goes on, um, you all really enjoyed last week's episode, which was on um Spied and Toxic. Not Toxic Friends. Fake ass, two-faced ass friends. Um, I got a lot of feedback on that, just like the one with the breaking the soul ties the week before so yes please keep y'all grass cut sure you know get that little lawnmower out whenever y'all need to you know uh uh rev that shit up you know pull that motherfucking string back and cut that fucking grass you know you 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 have to do lawn maintenance hey some some friends they slip between the crack and all of that just keep coming back to this episode and, and reading them signs and them motherfucking symptoms right So, today, I wanted to discuss um, the five top negative types of coworkers in the workplace. I want to talk about the workplace, um, and I also wanted to talk about um, ways to avoid um, drama at work. Um, (laughs) uh, I can tell you some stories or whatever from the shit that I've seen. Me, personally, I am an introvert, so I stay to myself, like... I don't do a lot of fraternizing at work. Um, I just, yeah, keep to myself. I'm the, I'm that one who like, when it's like a party potluck, first of all, I'm not coming. Um, but if it's something that I have to come to, like if somebody's birthday is something, I'll stand in the doorway. I will mouth happy birthday to you. Not all of it. Just when I see us making eye contact and I'll okay. And how old are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then go back to whatever. And then when it's over, I leave. I don't want none of your cake. I don't want any ice cream. I don't want any shit. Bye. You know, I, I said happy birthday and keep it moving. But I understand that not a lot of people, um, you know, are introverts for one. And two, may have may not have that option of just like being, nah, I'm, I'm just in my own world. So I just wanted to do an episode on... You know, the, the the types of co-workers there are because I know we be dealing with some fuck shit at, at work. We got, we got motherfuckers in my job. Um, so I'm gonna talk about um the negative types of co-workers. Let's start with that. I'm sorry, y'all, I had a, a space. <laughs> so let's get into it, shall we? Okay, so the first type of negative coworker that we're gonna talk about today is the bad news motherfucker who just... ah, Negative, negative, negative. Negative Nancy is what I'm going to call them. Negative Nancy and negative Nathan or negative Nicholas. I don't fucking know. So these type of people, it's like they love negativity. They can't wait to tell you who made a mistake. They can't wait to tell you who got pissed off. Um. Or supervisors supervisor is mad or somebody's about to get the can. Somebody's about to get fired. Like they can't wait to just hand you fucking gossip on a fucking platter. Or they can't wait to bring something negative to the table. Something that is not for the good of the company and not for the good of your day, right? Um, But, you know, as much as they thrive on sharing the negativity, it drains you. You know, this is a two-part thing. So they're feeling good on telling you negative shit. But on the other side of the coin, all of that is energy being put on you, believe it or not. All of that negativity is energy being put on you and it drains the fuck out of you. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever um, gotten bad news from a coworker and they just giving you all the fucking gossip? They just pulling the fuck out of that tea kettle or whatever and you just feel your vibrations just lowering you just maybe you even start feeling bad for the person or maybe you even start feeling anxiety or maybe you even like you feel like they're talking about you like you have taken on the issue at hand that is because the energy is draining the shit out of you so um research has shown that workplace negativity creates a toxic environment and that it has an adverse impact on your mental your emotional and your physical well-being have you ever noticed being coming home from work and like maybe you wanted to go work out maybe you wanted to go hang out with your friends maybe you wanted to hit up a happy hour maybe you had plans for after you got off of work and now you just like i don't want to do shit that's because you are around these bad news-ass motherfucking bears. And that is a type of co-worker, a negative co-worker, that you need to stay away from. You know what I mean? Because typically, the shit that they tell you is non-productive. It's non-productive. And it does nothing for you. It is not for your greater good. It is not for your job's greater good. And the solution to this is you deal with it. You know what I mean? You say you call them on their shit. You know, that's what I like to do. Um, I've told people, um, we have a young lady at my job who just she just she's a bad news bear. And like I have to hold that mirror to her and like I just deal with it head on. Why are you why why did you say that about her? Like, come on, that's not that's not cool. Like, don't, don't, don't do that. Or, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what to do. Just don't bring me that, you know? And then I excuse myself. I make a quick getaway phrase. Um, you know, I'm out, you know? And I shake my fucking head as I'm walking off to let her know that I ain't with that shit. But, you know, if, if, if you want to be on another school, if maybe you don't want to do that, or maybe you think, that that's going to be offensive. Maybe you can say, Hey, you know, I have a phone call. I need to jump on, or, you know, Hey, I got to get ready for a meeting this afternoon. Or, Hey, I got to go answer some emails, whatever. If you want to lie, whatever. But I like to just tell them the truth, just deal with the shit head on. That's not cool. You know, especially if someone is talking shit about another sister, I I eat their ass up. No, that, that, that's not right. Don't, don't talk about Don't talk about this like that. You know, that's not cool. Next. The gossip mongers, people who just got to be on that rumor and mill. And I mean, in any type of environment, right? It it, it can sometimes seem that it, gossip is just all over the place. Somebody heard that it's going to be a layoff. Um, there There's a new manager that's coming on, a new supervisor that's coming on board. Half of this department is getting fired or nobody's getting a raise, you know, um, whether these things are true or not. Um, these rumors are typically repeated over and over, typically by the same people. And they just love stirring up the worst case scenario of what's going on. Like, oh, we, we just going to take it left. And that is also draining. And that is also negative to you. And they typically, when, when, when people gossip, I'm going to tell you this, gossipers don't give a fuck about facts. Nope. They care about sensationalizing bullshit. Remember that. Gossipers do not care about facts. They can know some shit is wrong, but they want to get the sensationalized piece of it. They want to see somebody's reaction. They they, want to see how somebody is going to take what they're going to say. They get off on how people react to their fucking tales. So, like, when I hear... Things that are like extreme, I'd be like, Hey, who, who'd you hear that from? Where'd you get that information from? Who told you that? You know, um, and if you can't tell me who told you, like, let's not do it. No, oh, I heard it in the wind, or a little birdie told, who Listen, you out here talking to fucking animals? We're not doing that shit. No, I don't care who told you or whatever, especially if you're not going to tell me the facts of everything, especially if you're not going to tell me your source, you know, and it is a credible source for my researchers out there, peer reviewed and some more shit. If you're not going to tell me where you got it from and it's a reputable source, don't tell me about it. It's gossip. That's when it's gossip. So, um, you just got to steer clear of entertaining it. And I'm going to tell y'all one thing with gossipers, stay the fuck away from them. I don't care how juicy what they have to tell you is. I don't care if you just got to sink your teeth in what you want to hear from them. Stay away. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when the shit hits the fan, whether you said something or not, your name is going to come up because you were there. Yeah, so-and-so was there. Yeah, so-and-so said so-and-so about so-and-so. Yeah, Nikki was there. Nikki was standing right there. And maybe Nikki said, even though Nikki ain't say shit. So when I'll be somewhere and somebody or some people will come up and start gossip shit, I leave. Because you ain't ever going to say, I said anything. And if you want to tell somebody something, maybe if you've heard something through the grapevine, or maybe if a little bird even told you something, I'm going to tell you this too. If you're going to share something particularly a juicy or a hot topic, you only tell one person, one person, because if that shit ever gets back, you know who the fuck to go to. If that shit ever gets repeated, you know who the fuck to go to. But if you said it to this person and that person or in a group of five, six, 10, 20 people or whatever, when the shit gets out, all of them will act like they ain't say it. And you're not going to know who to believe. Because you've said it to so many people, you might even forget the people who you said it to. If you are going to say something, you only tell it to one confidant. Trust me, only one confidant. You know what I mean? So, um, and even if like somebody comes to you and like it's particularly if they want information about someone who they know that you may be close to or information that they think that you might be privy to, you know, you just shrug. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, um, yeah. You might you not even you might wanna ask somebody else. I don't know. I'll 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 I will I don't know somebody so quick. And if they keep pushing, that's when I bring good old boundaries in. Hey, you know what? Um I don't do office politics, you know, and I don't do things that have no no that, that do not concern me or my job. So um yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get back to my office. You know, and I just excuse myself. It's cool to excuse yourself from shit. No problem. Next, you got drama kings and we got drama queens, right? And these are spotlight lovers and they have a high need for attention. Kind of like gossipers. And they will drain the shit out of their co-workers' time and energy by their theatrics and they want to be the source of that motherfucking spotlight. So... You might see these people. Their workload is bigger than anybody else's. They had the worst flu during cold season. Their clients might be the most annoying. They just thrive on chaos and they will try to one up your story. Like you ever be telling a story or you talking about something and somebody just cuts you off. Oh, that ain't nothing. So-and-so and then they just insert they shit that you ain't fucking asked them. Oh, we got another one of them at my job. And I'll be like, ho, ho 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 ho. I didn't ask you about that shit. I don't give a better Fuck that. This is my time. I'm having this conversation. We talk about me. We're talking about me. So those are the type of people who it's like they want to one-up you. Um, nobody's going through the shit that I'm going through. Oh my God. Oh, this, this week has been so rough for me. Oh, this is such a rough morning for me. It's like they are looking for attention and they are thriving on. Just put the spotlight on me, put the spotlight on me. They want that spotlight on them. So you have to avoid these people. You have to, and it's nothing wrong with, uh, let me say this. It's cool to kind of hem and haw about like, oh my God, I just had this fucked up plan. You know, that's cool. But you know, when somebody is just milking it for fucking everything, you know, there is a, a line between the two. So one way that you can nip this in the bud is you can, re- you can refuse to bite when, when the drama starts, when the cameras start fucking rolling. Um, you know, you have to starve them of attention. And maybe some of you have heard of this, but, The more you respond to somebody's drama, the more you feed the beast, right? Like, oh my God, girl, are you serious? Or boy, what? Get the fuck out of here. What happened? No, I don't believe that. You're just feeding the beast and they're just, they're just, you just pumping them up and they just getting their fucking life off of you. And, you know, leave that shit alone, leave that shit alone, you know, refuse to bite. Ignore. You go on about your business. And when you ignore them, or when you act like you don't even see them, I walk the fuck away. I, I they will tell you, Miss Bossette, you were just so rude. You I yes, I walk away. I, I know like I've I've just gotten to that point where I don't care if it's personal, in a personal setting, if it's in a business setting, if it's in a leisure, I don't care. I, I, if it doesn't agree with my spirit, I'm off it. And I'm like, oh bye. So um ignore it. And um You might want to say to them, hey, I know you're having a bad day, you know, um, maybe you should talk to your supervisor about that, you know, um, you seem maybe a little bit overwhelmed, so, you know, maybe you should take the day off, or maybe you should go for a walk, maybe you should get the fuck away from me, basically is what you need to say to them, you know. So next, we have the Chicken Littles, and I know some of you may be um, familiar with this, you know, with the tale. Of Chicken Little, you know, the sky is always falling, you know, if you share a piece of good news with them, they'll respond with something pessimistic, you know, something that does not do good for your excitement, anything like say, oh my gosh, I just secured so and so and so more dollars for our budget this year. And they'll say, oh, well, um... I know that, you know, with that, all of that new money, you better watch yourself because the auditors are going to be on your back. Or, you know, if you say you secured a new client, oh, well, you might want to be leery of that client because I heard that they can be, you know, a pain in the ass. Or I heard that they're difficult to work on. They just rain on your fucking parade. That's basically what the chicken littles are, you know, um, or, you know, when you got that client, that client don't pay. You're not going to make good money off of this client, whatever. They just got to find the negative in all of your positive news. These are a negative type of coworker that you don't need to. So if you find yourself in this situation, it's best to confront that situation head on and give your coworker feedback. You know, um, let them know how that pessimistic bullshit affects the team. Let them know how it affects you. Like, um, why? I'd be like, why you got hate, Or why did you do that? You know, like, this is something that's big for me. This is something that's big for the team. This is something that's big for the company. Why do you have to do that? You know, I would appreciate if you would keep your comments to yourself. You know what I mean? And you might move it forward once you stop telling them your business. You know, um, sometimes I will say this to their credit. Negative people sometimes don't know they're being negative, you know, because you're living in it 24-7. That's kind of like sometimes people don't know the mess that they're in because they can't see it. They're in it. But maybe a person standing on the outside can look and be like, oh, this whole shit is just fucking cluttered. So, um. You may just want to let them know, like, hey, let me correct you. You know, you may want to be supportive of us. You know, it's not good to be pessimistic like that. It's not good to be negative. It it fucks up the morale. It, 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 it fucks up with how we do things around here. And I just want to have a positive work space, all of that. So you might want to tell them that. Um, next, huh. my favorite, the motherfucking victims. You know, victims who blame others for their circumstances, like somebody who says the boss is out to get them, but sometimes that should be true though. Um, somebody who blames a missed deadline on, you know, maybe someone in another another department that didn't get their report on time, didn't uh, get, get their report to them on time, or I wasn't able to finish a so-and-so project because so-and-so didn't send me their stuff. Okay. Even if so-and-so didn't send you their stuff, you have a responsibility to make sure that they send in their shit to you. Because sometimes, like, if I have a report that I have to do or I have something that has to do with my job and I need to be on top of it, if I'm getting something from someone else, I'll let them know, hey, I need so-and-so. And I give deadlines. Like, if my project is due Friday... I'll let them know, hey, I need that so and so report on my desk no later than close of business Monday. And not just Monday, the date. Send it in a motherfucking email. You know, so it's time stamps. So we can all, oh, per my email. Oh, I love to per my last email. So, yes. So these are the victims, victim, victim, victim. So co-workers with a victim syndrome, they constantly complain about everything bad that's happening in their life. It doesn't always have to be work-related. And what's worse is they don't believe they have ownership or control of the situation. So in their eyes, everything is being done to them. They often suspect that there's some huge universal conspiracy that is firmly rooted against their success, and they love to talk about it. Everybody's out to get them. Oh my gosh. It's like they always got some shit going on. Like I know somebody. It's like, I don't think this person would fare good. Like if I was to just take a wand and like remove all the shit that they're going through, I think that they would be miserable because they feed. So their whole identity is wrapped around being a victim. And I tested this before. They had an issue. And I provided a fucking, um, 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 what's the word that I'm looking for? I solved the problem. Right. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we good. Not even a day went by. I think it was the same day that now we're complaining about something else. And I'm like, you just gotta be the victim. It was an epiphany for me. It's like you have a problem for every solution presented to you. It's like as soon as this problem is solved, now here's another one that you want to hem and haw about and get fucking sympathy. You know? We're not doing that. So um, a way that you can combat this, because I'm sure that sometimes it's hard to tell a motherfucker that they're being negative, right? Um, So instead, try telling them what you really need. Um, hey, I need you to be more positive. You know, hey, um, I noticed that whenever we talk, you know, the conversation, it tends to focus on the negative. Um, I don't know about you, but I work better when I'm surrounded by positivity. You know, um, why don't you tell me something about what's going well for you? You know, let's talk about something that's positive. Like, you know, um, anything, any good news, shit, I don't know. But you, that, that's how you can deal with them. Um, you can also ask what they could have done to avoid the situation. You know, maybe give them a strategy that works well for you, for your employees, you know? And the next time you feel yourself getting sucked into this this whole negative workplace bullshit, do not let it drain you dry. Don't. Don't bring on nobody's fucking problems. I'm trying to tell y'all, don't bring on nobody's problems and don't let nobody bring you fucking down. So, those are your... Five negative types of co-workers. Now let's get into how to avoid office drama at work, shall we? Okay, so like when we enter this beautiful world, this beautiful professional world um, we of the workplace, we think that we are joining this mature workforce and that we're going to escape all the petty bullshit of high school. And the reality is them same petty-ass motherfuckers, them same childish-ass motherfuckers, them same dumb-ass motherfuckers that you went to high school with, guess what? <laughs> they got jobs now. Mm-hmm. So um, my mom has a saying, the faces change, but the name stays the same. And when she means a name, she means, you know, petty-ass motherfuckers. So that's what you have to realize. That's one thing that I have to realize when dealing with any type of negative person. Um, I always have to check myself and be like, this is not the first so-and-so-and-so type person that I've come into contact with. This isn't the first lying-ass motherfucker i come in contact with. This isn't the first drama, gossiping-ass motherfucker person that I've come in contact with. This ain't the first bitch that's always worried about what the fuck I'm going through and what the fuck I'm doing that I didn't fucking dealt with. They stayed, the, I'm telling you, wherever you go, you're always going to have a caliber of fucking low vibrational ass motherfuckers and the workplace is no different. I'm telling you, the fucking offices can be just as drama filled as your fucking high school homeroom. And I'll tell a motherfucker in a second, I dropped out of high school. Your girl got a GED. Now, uh, I didn't went on to get uh, multiple degrees after the fucking GED, but that's one of the reasons why I dropped out of high school because them bitches had me fucked up. Everybody had me fucked up. So, yeah, I was like, you know what? Well, fuck, you, fuck, you, fuck, you, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm about to go ahead and take this motherfucking test. I'm about to go take these tests. And I'm about to get this motherfucking G-E motherfucking D. And that's what the fuck I got in your girl. She scored the top 90th percentile. Um, so, yeah, pat myself on the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I always like to tell people, you know, when they try to come down because GDs were not the same then as they are now. They were not as accepted or as, mm, back then you say you got a GD, you are automatically equated as a dumbass fucking individual and it's so crazy because you have to take a test you have to score a certain score with the GED but with high school you can get by with a motherfucking D average and it's always the motherfuckers with the D averages that want to talk shit about people with GEDs or motherfuckers with just high school diplomas who want to talk about motherfuckers with GEDs I had a family member talk bad about my GED and I'm like okay you graduated from high school but I'm sitting on these degrees Oh, so high, high school diploma. How how how's that working for you? Where's that getting you? Oh, okay. Don't worry about me and my motherfucking GED. Okay, you worry about the rest of this fucking alphabet soup. I'm fucking dragging behind my fucking name. But I digress. Anyway, back to this workplace. So when we get to these workplace, when we get into this professional world, we get into this workforce. Um, you're gonna find yourself the subject of coworkers who talk shit behind your back. Um, some may even try to recruit you to take a side in an argument, um, or to help someone look good, um, but at the expense of someone else, right? And if you're not careful, it's so easy to get roped into these destructive activities yourself, like you're the motherfucking antagonist. You look up one day and be like, damn, I'm the shit talker. I'm the gossip monger. I'm, I'm I'm the motherfucker bringing strife to the fucking workplace. It could be you. It could be you. So anyway, um... I'm just going to give you a few things to avoid office work's work, work, um, bullshit. Um, just a few rules, you know, a six, that's all. So let's get into them, huh? So rule number one is if you didn't do the shit when you was 15, don't do that shit now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on one now. Um, so of course we're all mature professional adults, right? So it's easy to catch yourself doing shit. That mm, it's more worthy um, of high school than the office. Like, I'm giving an example. Perhaps you ain't fucking with somebody the long way. A certain co-worker that had you fucked up. Maybe, I don't know, y'all was, was arguing who the fuck was going to use the microwave in the break room first. And then y'all just been beefing since then. I don't fucking know. So you just gonna give her a cold shoulder? You just gonna walk past her desk, pass her in the break room without a glance her way, let alone a greeting. Um, let me be the first to say this. <laughs> See, the type fucking coworker I am. Uh, I, I don't have to speak to you especially if our jobs or our positions don't have shit they they don't, they don't meet our worlds don't meet you in a whole different department or whatever. I don't have to talk to you, you know? Um, so I don't think this is me. This is Nikki speaking. I don't think that there's nothing wrong with if you ain't fucking with somebody not speaking to them. I don't think there's shit wrong with that. You know, if, 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 if home girl had you fucked up, the homeboy had you fucked up, you ain't gotta speak to him. However, we don't want to be walking by them in the hallway and intentionally trying to fucking bump your shoulder with theirs. We don't want to see them walk in the break room while you're sitting there with your friends and you're like, yeah, here comes this bitch right here. We don't want to do that. Right. Um, we, we, we want to be mature. Um, if you don't like somebody, that's cool. You know, but as co workers or whatever the fuck it is y'all are, you have to coexist, right? Um, because you wanna keep your job, right? So, like, don't be nasty. Like, you don't have to speak, you don't have to engage, but don't go out of your way to be fucking nasty and act high school. High schoolers do little shit where you're trying to get their fucking attention or you talking shit about, yeah, this bitch right here or this nigga, right? Look at this, 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 so-and-so-and-so ass nigga. And he right there, you know, like, don't do that. That's childish. That's childish as fuck. And when they rock your shit and everybody talking about how you done got the flow wiped with your ass, how the janitor didn't even have to fucking come to work today. Cause they was fabulous sewing your ass all over the floor. Then what? Watch your tone, watch your tone, mind your manners. Next, save the office venting, or save the venting, excuse me, because it don't even have to be about office shit, but save the venting for outside of the office, you know? I mean, I know that this might be a no-brainer to some people, but you will be surprised how many people vent in the office, you know? Resist the urge to talk shit about your coworkers and your boss while you're in the office. Um, It's common, it's more common than you think, you know, motherfuckers would be like, did you hear what Tyrone said in the meeting this morning? I can't believe Shonda thought that motherfucking report was good. Or oh, I heard your boy partied a little too hard with a client last week at that conference. Mm, he probably smashed, too. You know, all of these things may seem harmless, you know, but it immediately turns offensive when the person in question, they may happen to walk by while you're in mid-sentence. Or when the word inevitably, inevitably, I said that, inevitably, doop, gets around that you've been talking shit about them, you know? And please don't think that closing your door always keeps you out of the fray. That sense of security can lead to raised, frustrated voices, which can often carry through the hallways and everybody hear your shit in the hallway. Um. Also, you've heard it before. But I think y'all need a reminder. Save the venting for when you're away from the office and out of the earshot of anybody who works at the company. Because I'm telling you another thing: you don't know who hangs out with who after the, after work. You know, you might think you talking shit about this person to this person, and they the, the two worlds will never meet. But these motherfuckers might be smashing oh, 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 oh we can weekend lovers. They might be secret lovers. They might have some shit going on, and when they doing that pillow talk, oh, yeah, let me tell you what so-and-so said about you today. You don't know who is cool with who. That's one. Two, you don't want anybody to walk up on you while you're talking shit. Like I said, you will be fabuloso on that motherfucking floor, and I will be there sneaking my teeth in from a distance because I'm a loner. But I'm going to be looking like, mm, yeah, yeah, you talking talking shit. So say that shit for outside the office. And again, with the venting, the rule of thumb, if you want to vent, vent to one person. Do not vent to he, she, me, all of this, because you're not going to be able to know who the fuck said what. So have you a confidant if you are going to vent and keep it at that. Next, when in doubt, wait to reply. So, let me be the first to tell you, I understand work emails can get your blood boiling, especially when a bitch trying to motherfucking come for you, and you know she's trying to come for you, and she knows she's trying to fucking come for you, but the other fucking motherfuckers who are cc'd on the email don't know they're trying to fucking come for you, or maybe they do know they're trying to come for you, but they don't want to say they're trying to fucking come for you, and it's taking everything you have not to push back off your motherfucking desk seat and walk your ass to their motherfucking office, cubicle, wherever the fuck they work, and lose all types of shoes up their motherfucking ass. I I get it. I get it. <sighs> and I understand that there aren't many things that can get that blood boiling more quicker than an email that seems to attack not only you, but maybe also your team and your work. I get it, boo. I get it. I get it. So um, with that being said, when you do immediately fire off a scorching reply, contesting every point made in that initial email, and a few I, a few higher ups to make your point clear, um, you're going to find yourself in an emergency situation where motherfuckers might start chiming in and taking sides. Um, or... If you resort to a more passive-aggressive approach beginning your email with, I could be wrong, but maybe my team wouldn't have missed our deadline if the product managers had provided research on time. (sighs) Either way, you are encouraging drama. Either way, you are getting yourself riled up. And either way, this is some shit you don't want to fucking get into. So, if you find yourself beginning an email reply in a frustrated frenzy, stop yourself walk away from the keyboard, maybe go smoke your little cigarette, maybe go across the street to the bar and get you a little special, get your a little drink, you know, maybe, I don't fucking know, go to your car, take a nap, oh, you know, you know, it's time for me to go to lunch, you know, just, just remove yourself from the environment, you know, um, let the email simmer for a second, You respond. Logically think through what you want to say and, more importantly, how to say it in a calm, diplomatic way. Often, if you come back to an email 15 or 30 minutes later, you'll find that you can think more clearly and avoid a lot of drama in the process. I made a post a couple of weeks ago, if you all follow me on Instagram, with sentences that you can use to let a motherfucker know that they got you fucked up. Please uh, reference that. Um, I'm the first to tell you. It's not always what you say. It's how you say it. You can tell somebody, bitch, you got me fucked all the way up. And when I see you, it's on motherfucking sight. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck your supervisor. Fuck your minions. Fuck all of that. When I see you, I'm a fuck. You can say all of that in a diplomatic way. And me, I am a Virgo. We are known. For saying shit that'll rock your fucking world, and you don't know until maybe the next day or the next week that we done dug in your fucking ass. Mm, mm, mm. My Lord, we are the kings and the queens of fucking getting in that fucking ass. And me, I'm a wordsmith. So I be saying shit. I've had people tell me later, after I've responded to emails or whatever, that they've had to go and get a dictionary to read my response. Because they couldn't even decipher, they couldn't even understand the words that I was using to curse their fucking ass out in the English language. You can do that shit too. So, for those type of emails, you know, now, (laughs) for myself who may be CC'd on the email, I'm all for it. Because I love reading motherfucking emails. And I know that these motherfuckers ain't fucking with each other. Uh, These motherfuckers, they, they sneak dissing and I just be sitting there sipping my little green tea or my little jasmine tea, and i just be sinking my motherfucking teeth in it like, yes, you know? But on the other side of the coin, I have also received emails from people who had me fucked up and was trying to be sneaky, and I'm sitting there with the joker face like, wait did they get a load of me. You know, I'm about to type this motherfucking email back, but I've had to chill and come back, you know? So you do the same thing. Rule number four, know when it's time to talk it out. And, um... This comes along the same lines. To avoid unnecessary drama, you have to realize the point at which it's better to simply talk to your coworker in person or on the phone rather than engage in a heated email battle. It doesn't look good on anyone to foster an angry email chain adding bosses and managers along the way until it's developed into a full-fledged battle. Excuse me. And as a supervisor, don't add me on that shit. I'd be like, look, y'all figure that shit out. Don't, 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 don't. I be like, mama, I'm in here trying to take a nap. Like, don't, y'all figure that shit out. Don't, don't CC me. Don't even be CC me. Cause that's some punk ass shit. If you're going to CC a motherfucker, CC a motherfucker. Don't be blind copying motherfuckers. Ah, the shit that be going on at work. So, um, if you sense frustration, anger, or accusation in an email, and it likely can't be resolved with one simple email reply resolve to talk it out you'll find that verbal communication leaves less room for misinterpretation and is often a better vehicle for resolving problems while leaving feelings intact. Now, if you're like me, I read tone. A lot of people be like, you can't read tone in email. How can you don't tell me how I meant to say that? Or you can't read tone through text message? Bitch, I can. Yes, I can. I am an empath. I read shit just the way you fucking wrote it. Don't fucking play with me. And don't play with my goddamn emotions. I remember... I remember. I don't want to say getting into it, but we kind of did get into it with another supervisor who had me fucked all the way up. And um, I told her plain because we were on a um, we were on a um, a text message chain, a group text message. And I told her I was like, "Hmm, it seems to me that you are a bit irate. It seems to me, blah 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 blah. So, um, moving forward." Do not reach out to me via um, text message, you know, whatever. If it's something that you need to tell me, you can email me, you know, or, or site on site. How about that? Oh, you, you can't, you can't read tone. Yes, bitch, I can. And you was being funny and later admitted that, yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I can read tone. So don't let nobody tell you that you can't read tone in an email because yes, the fuck you can. Yes, you can. Um, next. Um, having use a go-to escape phrase. So even if no action of your own fuse drama, you can get caught in it anyway. A coworker may come to you complaining about a teammate. You receive an email about or asking your opinion about a sensitive workplace debate that doesn't concern you or someone else. Starts revealing all too personal details of your manager's love life. To avoid getting roped in, come to the office prepared with a go-to phrase—a polite but firm way to see yourself from a conversation that isn't going anywhere productive. <sighs> so, back to what I was saying about you know when people coming at you with the drama. Excuse your fucking self. No, mm-mm, hey, um, I need to go work on that project. Hey, I need to go answer some emails. Let me take my. Take my black ass back to work. Oh, let me let me stop building these people clock. Let me so and so and so. You know what it's my lunchtime. Are y'all crazy? I'm about to go. Remove yourself. Escape. Escape. You know, that is the main focal point. On to six. Never assume negative intent. If you're looking for drama boo, you go find it. And what I mean by this is: let's say someone on your team sends an email that says, Hey Lisa. I think we may need to change the approach to our marketing campaign. If you're reading it under the assumption that everyone on your team is working toward one unified goal, you can see this as a respectful and helpful suggestion. However, if you're assuming everybody wants to knock you down on their way to the top, you could see this as a condescending attack on all the work your team has put into this campaign so far and an assertion that the sender clearly thinks that they are fucking better than you. It's pretty apparent that of the two options, the second is more likely to contribute to a drama-filled workplace. So, to avoid that drama, you just simply gotta work under the assumption that your coworkers and your managers are there to help you, support you, and challenge you to produce even better work, right? But let's be real. I get it. We do have some supervisors who are out to get you. I get it. As a supervisor, I don't I don't understand that. You know, like I just I think it's fucked up, I think it's cowardly, I think it's so many things. I've never liked when people have used their position um to fuck somebody over. Um that's one thing that um I couldn't fuck with with being in the army. Like you telling me that just because you outrank me, you can do shit or you can use your rank to try to fuck me over or you can flex. Like some shit you wouldn't flex if it was just me and you out here in some plain clothes, fucking clothes, and I'd be hitting your ass with the flex. No, I don't like that scarecrow shit. Um, so yes, have a positive outlook on your job. But like I said, I do understand that there are some instances where people are actually out to get you. And when that happens, I'ma tell you this, everybody got a boss. So if your supervisor is fucking with you, you go to her supervisor, his supervisor. If they in cahoots, you go to their supervisor. If they in cahoots, you go to the motherfucking director. And if they in cahoots, you go to the motherfucking corporate. You know, don't just sit and take a supervisor trying to railroad you. No. um, I remember that happened to me... Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I put on that motherfucking Joker face. Y'all seen the first Batman when Jack Nicholson played, um, Joker. And he was like, way to get on to me. I'm telling you, that is like one of my favorite phrases that I do. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me go ahead and, uh, contact so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Mm-hmm. and, 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 and got that person together real motherfucking quick, real motherfucking quick. So don't accept defeat. When we're dealing with um, a chain of command, when we're dealing with higher ups, um, your, ver- your voice needs to be heard. And a lot of times, especially with first line supervisors or anything like that, um, senior management really don't know what the fuck is going on. They're trusting your first line supervisors to handle everything. So make their motherfucking asses privy and let them know. Like, how this affects your workplace, and especially if you are a stellar employee, because don't nobody want to lose a stellar employee. No. You tell them what you bring to the table and how you, hey, you know, perhaps I need to look for some other fucking employment. Shit. So, um, hopefully these quick ways have been helpful to you all, um... Yeah, hopefully these quick ways have been very helpful to you all. And um, let me know. Give me some feedback what y'all think about them. So let's get into Dear Nikki for this week, shall we? Okay, so this young lady says, hi there. I know you may not know me. However, I was hoping you could give me some advice. I follow your post faithfully. I'm almost seven months pregnant and found out that my boyfriend, my child's father, cheated on me last week. This is the third time, though. Even after he confessed, he still goes over to her house. He gave me a weak apology, and he isn't trying to make it right. The attitude I'm getting from him is basically forgive me or don't. I feel completely lost, betrayed, and abandoned. Of course, I wanted the family unit. I still do, but he obviously doesn't care. I went to my mom's house after I found out. He hasn't once asked if I was okay if I ate. I guess I'm looking for encouragement to move on because I know he won't change even after confessing he's still fucking her. Hmm. I'm completely lost. Please, any advice is greatly appreciated. All right, sissy pool. So, let me say this. This is the third time he's been cheating. He's seven months pregnant. I am willing to bet a hefty penny that the first two times were before you got pregnant Hmm? so that leads me to ask you what the hell were you thinking this dude gives zero fucks um we've already ascertained that um and you know that by you saying that you him saying forgive me or beat it or um, you going to your mom's house and him not even checking up on you. Damn you, your baby. You know, y'all's baby. Um, And you want a family unit? This is not family. This ain't even friendship. This is total disrespect. Total disrespect. I get it. You know, um, you being pregnant, that's a very vulnerable time. Um, I get that you feel lost, betrayed, and abandoned. I get all of that um, I don't want to beat you up about, um, cause I'm sure that he's giving you signs. I'm sure you didn't just wake up one day, seven months pregnant. And this is the third time he's cheated on you. And you're like, how the fuck did I get here? I'm willing to bet you that he's giving you signs and you went into this knowing that he wasn't shit. You went into this You know, you want in a family unit, but knowing in your heart of hearts that he is not a good father for your unborn child or for who, however children, many children you're going to have. You know, I'm sure you did. Um, We women, we have something called intuition. Everybody has intuition, but women lean on it more so than men. Um, And I'm sure that your intuition told you what time it was with this dude. And now we seven months fucking pregnant. No, I said I wasn't going to be hard no fuck that what the hell was you thinking ma'am how did we get here sis how 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 and he he still goes over to her house so is this the same girl he cheated on you with the first two times like what the hell is going on what is their backstory how did we get here i need more information Cause this shit is, is no, 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 no. He's going to continue, he's going to continue sleeping with her. Right. You know that I know that she know that mama know that the fucking baby know that shit. Everybody know that shit. He's going to continue sleeping with her. He's going to continue um being disrespectful to not just you, but to your child, you know, because all of this shit is adding stress to you. And I'm sure he knows what stress does to a pregnant woman. You know what I mean? And basically for him to be like tough titty and you moving out probably just made shit easier for him. Because now he ain't got a sneaking freak to keep it from leaking. Now homegirl probably coming over his house. You know, you made shit easier for him, but you also made shit easier for you. Because hopefully you'll use this time to get the fuck over him. Um, In this type of situation, there's no way that he can provide a good family unit. There's no way that the two of you all can provide a good family unit for this child. Not blaming you, but I'm just saying you hurt and everything. This man has basically disrespected you over and over again. And the, the two, two, How the fuck we get to a third time? How? How? How the fuck did we get to a third time? Cheating one time. First of all, I don't, I don't, I I, I can't even get the shit out. La la, 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 me, 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 Okay, I'm back. Ugh, my tongue was fucked. I do not forgive cheating, but that's me, right? And I realize everybody ain't Nicky Nick. Everybody ain't a Nicole, right? And I can't bring that shit down on the next young lady who does do it because this is your walk. This is your life. I get that shit, sissy pool. But how the fuck do we get to time tres? How the fuck do we get to motherfucking tres leches? How the fuck do we get to dos equis? Okay, so we forgave the first time. All right, cool. That's all right. No problem. No problem. Like you said, no problem. No problem. How the fuck did we get to three? Tree. How the fuck we get to tree? No, sis. No, 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 no. This ain't even about him at this point. This is about you. What is going on with you that you are... You are accepting of somebody cheating on you over and over again. You know, we're going to remove him. We're going to remove the baby. Not not technically. But we're going to focus on you. You need to use this time you have this baby. You get your ass back in school or whatever it is that you want to do. You get back on your goals. You focus on you. You do what the fuck you need to do. And you got to figure out how the fuck you got into this situation. You got to figure out. What is it about? What is my common denominator? You know? And you got to split yourself open and dig. You know? Because we can't do this shit. We can't do this shit. Leave him the fuck alone. Now, you say, um, any advice? You already know. Any advice is uh, greatly appreciated. You already know. You got to leave this this dude alone. You got to leave this nigga alone. You got to. And you know you do. You have to leave him alone. And you have to build yourself up. You have to not put yourself in this position to go through this again. Because three times sis, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am, I gotta cut you some of this motherfucking accountability patty pie too. I gotta cut you some of this pie too, girl. Cause what the fuck we doing? Why you ain't call me? Where the fuck was I at? Why you didn't send this two cheaters ago? three cheatings ago no so you only have one baby even if you had five you can move on you know you don't got to be nasty as far as your child is concerned and you know you can't see your kid and stuff like that don't don't release your hurt through the baby please but you got to move on sis and you have to rebuild your spirit um, you have to rebuild your boundaries and all of that. So this shit does not happen again. And so that you don't let him come in and out of your fucking life. If you're done with him, you need to be done. Donezo. Only thing we need to talk about is the baby. But I mean, he, he ain't even asking about the babies. So maybe the baby need to get here first. I don't know. And you also need to come to grips with maybe he's not going to be that father who you think <sighs> that you deserve, that your baby deserves. You know? And don't try to kill yourself trying to make him. You know, this man has probably shown you what time it was beforehand. And you continue doing. And now we're have a we bringing the child in, into this whole thing. and We got to figure this shit out. You know? Um, and again, this is not to come down on you. But we got to put on big girl panties. We got to uh, 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 um, level up. And we got to make sure this don't happen again. Okay? If that means you got to get into some counseling, um, if that means that you need to get into, I don't know, maybe journaling, um, some self-help books, do it, sis. But you can't go back to that. Please don't go back to that. And I typically don't tell people what to do. But don't. Three times? Nah. We, nah. Three times? No. Come back down. Three times, no. So, yeah, you've done the right thing. Stay at mama house. Get your shit together, you know, and you, you, you. Success is the best fucking revenge. You get successful, bitch. You know? You had that baby. You get your ass in that fucking gym. You eat that boneless, skinless, motherfucking chicken breast. You eat the motherfucking steamed vegetables. You get your ass in school or whatever the fuck it is that you want to do, and you begin to slay them fucking goals and fuck him. And... One thing about a nigga, he hate to be ignored. Ignore him. Cuz he's not gonna be fucking used to you on your shit cuz he used to cheating. And bitch you gonna you 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 gonna you gonna uh forgive me or not? That's what he used to. So, when you showing him this new shit, expect some bullshit from him. Even expect him to be like, "Oh, I just want my family back." Don't fall for that shit. If he wants his family back, if that's what you want to do, I don't, I don't, whatever. But if that's what you want to do, he has to earn you because you've given him everything at a low cost. He doesn't value you. He doesn't value what you bring to him because he hasn't worked for anything. He's been cheating. People don't fucking lose and mishandle shit they value, because a lot of times, valuable shit is irreplaceable. I might get something like it, but I'm not going to get that. So I'm not even going to put myself in a position to lose that. But when I know that the motherfucking chick can break over and over again, and it's going to repair itself where it to still be usable or workable, I'm just going to be like, ah, whatever. Don't let him do you like that. Don't let him do you like that. Don't let you do you like that, sis. Okay? So let's get into that St. Jude Seed Award. Hit it. What's up? I say, What's up? I say, What's up? Man, sit your ass down. (laughs) Okay, so a few weeks ago. I'm so, I, I meant to say this as my save seat award, but I had somebody, I think I didn't record that week. I don't know what happened, but there was a young, a young kid, nine year old kid in, in Flatbush um, who had accidentally like brushed his book bag up, up against his white chick. And um, she, she goes into her theatrics. And she calls the police on this nine-year-old ch- child and she accuses him of sexually accosting her, sexually molesting her, sexually assaulting her. This nine-year-old child, nine-year-old child, right? Cause you know, they criminalize our black boys and they over-sexualize them, right? Cause at nine-year-old, at nine years old, we thinking about uh, uh moseying up and brushing up against this white lady, right? Child, the look Kingston would give me, but um, I initially so the the tape, they ran the beautiful bean footage. Let me say that. And the boy did not touch her. His hands were in plain view. I think it was the book bag. I don't know, whatever. But first she said that he touched her when the, when the, when the, the footage was shown, his hands, both of his hands were visible. I think he may have had something in his hands too. Um, so she issued an apology and initially he didn't accept it and his mom didn't accept it. And then I'm I'm, I'm watching Good Morning America one day and who else is on there but the two of them, the, the mother and the son? And now we motherfucking forgiven. And now we just want to put this shit behind us and can't we all just work together? I felt like I was eight years old again, 1992, watching the motherfucking Rodney King fucking birdie. Can't we all just get along? No, we fucking cannot. When we have a grown-ass woman accusing a nine-year-old baby of fucking sexually molesting her. And it's so crazy because the building that she lives in is a building that Patrick grew up in. And he was like, when I was growing up, that building was like nothing but like Caribbean and African families. Like, it's so crazy to a white lady lives there now. Like, Whoa, you know, gentrification. And, um, I was very upset when I saw the apology being accepted. And I'm going to tell you why. We as black people, we are not allowed to properly go through the motions of feeling shit, dealing with our feelings, and maneuvering and navigating our way through them. It's like when somebody has wronged us, you forgive them, you got to forgive them. You got to forgive them. You got to publicly say you forgive them so everybody else knows you forgive them. Let me deal with the offense first. And one, I'm not obligated to forgive nobody. I don't give a fuck. Oh, you're doing it for you and not to fuck that. Fuck all that. I don't want to hear that shit. You know, these are my feelings. And I told y'all from when I began this podcast, and if y'all been following me, I say this all the time. My feelings are not community property. Nobody is going to fucking tell me how to feel about shit. Nobody. These are my feelings, not yours. And I think that is so fucking crazy. How they stifle our healing? They stifle our maneuvering and navigating through our feelings, and our feelings are not ours. And they normalize automatically. It's like we're like robots. So you, the, the the Charleston killings, when the dude came in and killed all the people in the church in Charleston, and like literally, literally. The next day, within the week, the families are on TV talking about they forgive this man. How? 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 As a mental health professional, as a behavioral fucking scientist, you can't tell me that you were able to process somebody taking your family member from you in the most vicious way possible, robbing you, robbing them of their life, rewinding everything that you've put in. You tell them, let me tell you something. Kingston becomes an adult, whatever. Something happens to him, God forbid. It ain't going to be no overnight. All of the shit that I put into my child. All of the things that I have enriched in him, the experiences, everything, we, 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 no, 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 no. You're not telling me that shit was for vain for somebody to just come and fucking snuff his fucking life out out of hate. And I'm going to forgive them the next day Oh, you got me fucked up. You got me fucked up. You got me fucked all the way up. And what's crazy to me is nobody asks white victims if they forgive their antagonists. I've never seen that. In my case studies, watching motherfucking HLN, CNN, Lifetime, Oxygen, documentaries, none of that, nobody. Why? Because that is a fucking disrespectful ass fucking question. You know, to ask a victim, really, immediately after an offense occurred, if they forgive who violated Anywho, so the mama and the son, shit, son too, 9 nine-year-old two, both of them got it, got it, gotta, come and sit down, sit, sit, sit your ass right here, but anyway, the, the guy who, um, who filmed Cornerstone, Cornerstone Caroline, who they called her, the white chick, he's not buying a fucking apology, and he said, it's, insinc- it's insincere, and she did not care, you know what I mean, Um, and if the little boy is still recovering and that brings me back to what the fuck I said, if he's still recovering from what the fuck she said about him and the devastating and catastrophic fucking, um, effects on him, how the fuck is he accepting her apology this early? How? If this child is still recovering. (sighs) And on that note, this concludes this episode of Nikki's Thoughts Podcast. (sighs) I am your girl, A. Nicole. Thank you for tuning in. You can catch me on my social media. Um, Instagram is at Nikki's Thoughts, and that's N I K K I E S T H O U G H T S. Um, My website is www.anicoleinc. That's A N I C H O L E inc.com. um there you'll learn about all my brands my stores my organizations all of that my tour um tickets for the expo tickets for jamaica all of that learn about me you can book a session with me you'll get more information about this podcast all of that i had an amazing time with y'all again i am over my time um but (laughs) i will see y'all next week next episode y'all be safe trip so I know you're gonna fall for me cause this is the year all men